Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of On That Note with Parker Whirling. Today's guest is the frontman of a rock band that's been around for over six years now. They put out an album last year called Sellout, and they've opened for bands like The Frights and Honey. Please welcome King Shelter. King Shelter, thank you for joining me. I appreciate you coming on and talking about your process, talking about your music. And uh, I actually saw you probably like four years ago when you opened for Private Island at the uh, the W Hotel. And oh wait, at the W, like on that rooftop thing? Yeah. Well, we weren't oh on the gosh. roof, but it was it was like close to the roof. You know. That was that was a deep track. You were you so your Private Island guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Private Island fan. I've been a fan since uh before that show but when i came i saw you guys play with uh, kid bloom and private yeah. island that night what's private island up to i haven't talked to them uh, since i mean they're still putting out night. music uh yeah i haven't seen that was the last show that i saw of theirs but oh uh, that's a, that was like 2016 wasn't it even earlier Maybe yeah it was probably 2016 that sounds about right jeez man wow i know it's it's been a while but i've followed you since then so i'm excited Sick. that you came on the show today well, look uh, at that. That show actually paid off in the long run, huh? Yeah, right? Hey, you, you never go. know what's going to happen when you <laughs> do little things like that. Yeah. But uh, you put out an album last year called uh, Sellout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's such a departure from your previous sound. And I really wanted to ask you about what the uh, the process was kind of going into a different lane and following your own gut because it sounds like based on some of the lyrics not everybody else was on board with that i'm curious what how um what makes you think it was uh pulled in a different direction what what elements uh calamity especially that song seems to be pretty uh pretty intense compared to the other songs just in terms of uh the actual emotion of it but Mm -hmm. then when i was really listening to the lyrics um I can't remember exactly what you say, but something about your manager, like not wanting you to scare your fans and shit. Yeah. I was like, that's funny. So it yeah. made me think there must be uh, pressures to not get as intense with the new stuff. But as an artist, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So we had done that, like these series of singles. So like that one that did well was the Everything Hurts one and... Preoccupy, give me knowledge. It was like four singles or something, and they they were doing pretty well. They were very poppy, and we're big, you know. We're we're into some other weirder stuff, and so we wanted we made that record shame right after because we kind of got impatient, and that thing kind of just tanked, and so then there's a lot of pressure to like pick up the slack and let's make some more pop songs. Let's get you out there a little bit more, and then eventually you can go back to that kind of crazier stuff and so it was kind of me just being sassy if i'm being honest (laughs) just saying like fuck you guys i'm gonna do what i want yeah i mean like that was the that was the the first time that i had like a deadline like we worked at the label and they were super cool like the small label they're called topanga canyon they're some good friends and uh they just they had some a timeline they needed to follow because we were working with like e1 and some other people and so usually i'll write like double or triple the amount that i need for an EP or something so right if I need five songs maybe write 10 or 15 and then pluck from that and this that sellout album was the first five the first five that I made and we just rolled with it 
so we didn't have much time. I was living in Long Beach at the time, and I wasn't wasn't enjoying it. So that the whole album's kind of like ah, it's very sassy because I was in a sassy mood during that whole period. But hey, Calamity worked out. That was the one we thought was gonna be trashed, and that one that one's doing the best. So I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so what would your advice be to somebody facing that similar kind of pressure that you were going through at that time? I don't know. I don't know. That's it's hard because I haven't figured nothing out yet. Like I'm still, I'm kind of backtracking still after uh, that shame album. I'm still trying to pick up the slack. So you know, you can say the classic, like you know, follow follow your heart, do it, do what seems right. But you know, if you're if you're trying to be a career band, you kind of got to play. You kind of got to play the game a little bit. So if you want to have longevity as a band, you're gonna need to, you know kind of build your fan base and build things a little bit more before you can kind of start getting crazy. But at the same time, other people have just been crazy out the gate and they've had plenty of success. So kind of, there's a lot of luck involved, a lot of networking, who you know, a lot of that stuff. So, you know, it's it's really hard to say, man. I think, I think everybody's situation is going to be unique. We've kind of been hitting a brick wall with a pickaxe for you know, five, seven years now. It's been really gnarly. It's been really tough. So we just kind of, yeah, I don't know, man. I hope no one has to take the trajectory that we've had to take, put it that way. One thing that you seem to have brought up that I don't talk about too much is the idea of compromise and being able to decide which things are worth compromising in the moment to keep that longevity. So to you, what's something that was worth compromising and what's something that's not worth compromising? Well, you know, it, it depends on what your goal is. So for us, like I'd rather, I'd rather just be able to pay the bills and play the music that I like, as opposed to being just stupid ass rich and playing music that I hate. So it depends on what you're into, you know? So if it's someone that really likes their music and they want to make a career out of their music, then it's different. So you don't really want to compromise that aspect of it. But, you know, everyone's got bills. Like, everyone's got to take care of business. Um, but, you know, I know some people that they don't really care about the, I guess, integrity of their music. So it's kind of like they don't want to be famous. If you re- if you want to be famous, it's, it all changes. It all gets weird. So if you're into being a really famous person, then you're going to compromise whatever you can to get to that spot. But, uh, you know, I look at bands like, like a Radiohead where they start with, you know, like Creep and then The Bends and those, those pretty pop alt stuff. And then, you know, they come out with Paranoid Android and they get weird and then it just gets weirder from there. And now they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want and we're going to listen to it. So that's kind of the trajectory that I envy or that I want to get to so you can build that foundation in order to do whatever you want and still pay the bills they're still way bigger than I probably would be interested in being that's like a little too much but uh I like that they can get everybody to listen to it no matter what they make it could be some psycho shit and everyone's still gonna listen to it so I envy that that's so funny you mentioned Radiohead because the next thing I was gonna mention was I was looking at your Spotify tour bus playlist and you have Mixomatosis on there. Oh, yeah. Which I think is such an underrated Radiohead song. Radiohead's that that whole my... record is underrated, man. The Hail it to is. the Thief it one. Is. Yeah. It gets thrown to the wayside, but that's got some of the coolest like rock songs and coolest compositions. Like that's probably my two favorite one. Two plus two equals five yeah. is a great song on there. 
Drunken punch um, up at a wedding, all that stuff. Yeah, so sick. yeah, yeah. Fly me to the moon is even like a beautiful little lullaby. Super underrated. Super underrated. That's so funny that uh, mixomatosis of all songs was on there because to me that was that one sticks out from their discography like yeah. so far, you know. And uh, but I still love it. It's just so different, and it definitely seems like the King Shelter cornerstone Radiohead song. Yeah, it kind of is. That, yeah, for sure. But, you know, so is a lot of In Rainbows, too, you know. And it's not like, yeah, that that's a big one for, for all of us as well. That's, you know, those compositions and combining that complexity with, like, beauty at the same time. It's impressive. Yeah. In Rainbows is my favorite album, and I've talked about it many times on this podcast. I'm sure people get annoyed at this point, but... Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's it's the... It's the best listening for probably their discography, like just having it on. You know, some of their stuff's so intense that it's like you got to either be in it or you're out. But that one you can actually have on in the background to your thing. Exactly. I even came to the conclusion, although apparently it's pretty uh, controversial, I think Kid A is better than OK Computer. I don't know what you think. My guitar player would, would agree with you, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay, computer's it's a hard like choice. classic. That one's just classic, and it was super. It it because of that album, bands like me exist. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of bands like me that exist, and the sound exists only because of that record. It's not really the case with Kid A. You know, like mm-hmm. Okay, computer exploded a whole genre of music. It was like you can do more than just two guitars, bass, and drums. You know, and still be all rock. I wanted to ask you about uh, touring with the Frights and Honey, which are two pretty well-known acts. What was yeah. that experience like? It's cool. They're boys. They're homies. Um, yeah, it's it's all good. They they uh, they've been doing it for a long time. They got their they got their biz down. Yeah, I, I mean, it's really fun. I don't honestly don't have I don't have too much to say. I I haven't kept in very good contact with any of those guys just because I'm kind of a hermit myself and. You know, they all right after soon as we finished touring with them, they all signed to Epitaph and then they just went and started doing their thing. But yeah, they're sweet right. boys and yeah, it's good times. What did you learn from being on that tour with them? Um, I think they're like the first people to take us into Canada. So figuring out how to do all that stuff and getting through the border and you know, so I think I did it two or three times with them. I can't remember. I think I think it's only two times. But yeah, first time was like a nightmare, and the second time they took us through there, it was it was a breeze. It was like little like logistical stuff, you know what I mean? They obviously like both those bands have like an insane amount more money than we had, so we were kind of doing our own thing. Like we can't we couldn't afford hotels and stuff like that, so we were staying at like random people's houses and stuff like that, and you know they're selling a crazy amount of merch and we weren't, so we just pack up and start heading to the next city and find somewhere to stay. So you know. We we were on a basically a different tour than they were because we were we were trying to survive and they were kind of thriving. But yeah, they they gave us. A, I have to say though, Honey and Frights have given us some really good opportunities. You know, they both after those tours put us on their festivals. So they have Honey does like a Christmas one and uh, the Frights do one in San Diego. I forget what it's called. You were gonna hate this or something like that. So they both put us on those after that tour and that was really helpful. It was nice. So. Mwah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Honey and the Frights. Yeah. 
yeah good. it's all about making those connections because you never know what it's going to lead you down later yeah exactly yeah and they're all cool dudes man they all they all grind and they all work really hard so it's nothing nothing but love you know what i'm saying nothing but love Sweet. Well, that's going to take us over to the last five. I'm just going to ask you five quick questions, and then we'll be out of here. Cool. All right. Number one is in the studio or playing live? Oh, man. They're different. They're different. Um, I love writing. That's, like, why I got into music, really, was writing. But then when we started touring and playing shows, that was what it was all about. And that's how we like kind of were making our way was with our live show. So, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I would say because I've been in the studio so much and I haven't been playing shows, the shows, because I miss it. Yeah, of course. It's certainly a biased time to be asking that question, but <laughs> right. it's it's pretty 50-50. Everybody I ask, they're either live or in the studio. I'd say Personally I'd say we're me. we're a live band. We're a live band though. I want to solidify that because there's a lot of bands I know and a lot of people I know that can make great stuff in the studio, but they put them on stage and it ain't nothing special. So we're a live band. <laughs> we pride ourselves in that. And what were yeah, you gonna you say for yourself? On... What was it for yourself? I would say personally, I love the studio just because it's almost like anything can happen. You can create this mm-hmm. uh, this masterpiece and have no idea that it's about to happen. Like the potential energy is crazy. But playing live is like, you'll never have that experience without, like you'll never have an experience like that. You're going to be exchanging energy with the audience and they're going to be giving it back to you. It's a lot more communal, you know? The, the, The studio experience is more inward, live is more outward. But yeah, like we'll ever see live shows again, so R.I.P rest in peace yep. i'm sure they'll come back sooner rather than later i'm hoping yeah I, I hoping and praying i don't know i'm not planning anything man i'm not i'm not making any plans because i'm just gonna let it ride and see what happens yeah yeah hey, maybe next year maybe next maybe. year maybe maybe still seems hopeful but we'll see all right question number two what's on your musical rotation right now oh man uh a ton of stuff that probably people might laugh at me for uh, Beach House, dude. I've been listening to so much Beach House. I love Beach House. I just, yeah, I, I get a, I don't know, man. Sometimes I need that the more euphoric stuff, so I just, I just rock the Beach House all the time. Um, I had to take, Which I had songs to, or I, album. What's that? Which songs or albums? Dude, to be honest, I have their entire discography on a playlist, and I just click shuffle, and I nice. just rock it. Because I, I honestly, I was kind of overdoing some of my normals, like uh. Like Radiohead, Kanye, and ASAP. Those are like my three like main bands. It's really weird. But I kind of drove them all into the ground and then started listening to Beach House during quarantine, like playing video games. <laughs> and then, but I found this new record. You should check it out. It's called, the band is called Sorry. Um, they're this like UK duo. Um, and the album's called 925, 925. You should listen to that. Interesting. It's, okay. it's yeah, what's so it like? sick. I've probably listened to that more than anything this year. That's like my favorite record this year. And it came out this year, I think. I'm looking at it right now. Sorry, 925. Yeah, it's cool. so sick. It's That's that's my other plug. So, yeah. That's been that's been a basically about it. I'm, I have my phone right here, so I'm looking at my Spotify to, to kind of uh, expose myself. Uh, a lot of MGMT. I like the... Um, like that cover, the Little Dark Age album. 
I like. I listened to that album so much when it came out. Yeah, that was probably up there for it's, the most listened to album that year for me. It's so good. And then some Angel Olsen, you know. I've been keeping it laid back, so not as much, not as yeah. much rap as I as I used to. Oh, Idols, Idols put out a cool record. I've been listening to a lot. Do you like them? Uh, another artist told me to check out the new record. Uh, I I like who they are, but I haven't really like gotten yeah. into the music. You know, they're like super aggro, like gnarly British rock guys that are just cool. They they put on the best live show. They're the best like yeah. band band like that's come out basically because they're they're older dudes, but you know they can actually put on a live show and it's just nasty, gnarly, and real. And there's just guitars and drums. It's sick. So that's yeah, that, I'd probably say that's works. that's the best like new band these days because they can play they can actually play right yeah. yeah I've seen the like live performances on YouTube and I'm like geez this would be pretty insane to be at yeah they're sick so yeah I'd say that's that's about my rotation right now and I'm plugging all you got of a pretty them. good yeah pretty good rotation sick there. I'll take it but what to you is a perfect album front to back oh perfect out like my what i think is perfect album front to back yeah just you oh man that's a tough question i'd probably say i'd probably say okay computer or hail to the thief okay because it's because it's eclectic it's got like cool transition tracks that or that or um which one the some kanye records too like graduation and late registration. I love graduation. I think, or yeah, late registration or college dropout too. Those are some front to back. You're sucked in the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So my That's my funny, final cause... two will be late registration and okay computer. <laughs> great, great answers. And I'm I'm never gonna put down a Radiohead album, but only because we we're talking about it. I would say Kid A is more perfect just because there's less songs I skip. Like I'll skip Fair. Uh I'll Fitter skip Happier. The, <laughs> fitter, better, happier. I'll skip uh even the song after that, electioneering, because it sounds like what? too much like Muse. I oh, used man. to love that song. I did too. Trust that me. was like actually the it. first when I was like a little kid, like that was my first like favorite radiohead song. Yeah, it's easier to get into than like some of their headier shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was just like a fun one for for a younger kid. Because my brother was right. giving me like all these crazy records I didn't know what to do with, and like a bunch of Rage Against the Machine and Radiohead stuff, and so that was the first one that like sucked me in. Maybe it was the cowbell. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot there was a cowbell in oh. there. Who would have thought Radiohead would be rocking the cowbell? <laughs> a big loud cowbell too. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't even think about that until now. <laughs> All right. Well, question four. Who's your dream artist or producer to work with? Artist or producer? Those are different things, though, you know. Well, you can say, I know, yeah, yeah. You can say one or the other. You can say both. You know what? My combo would for both would be Andre 3000. Mm. Because. Interesting. I would love to have a, like him as a feature or something. I think it'd be super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I would love working with like Rick Rubin or something would be really cool. That would be yeah. the dream for sure. So probably, uh, yeah. If I, I mean, it's hard to narrow it down to one. Maybe a collab, a collab with the two of them. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty amazing. So yeah, Rick uh, Andre Three K and Rick Rubin probably my top two. Yeah. Great answers. <laughs> uh, Rick Rubin is a total guru. He is. Yeah. But he's lazy these days. He's not doing much. 
it seems like he just kind of like says, oh, yeah, just do whatever you want. Come to my studio and I'll slap on the yeah. producer sticker. He'll, he'll slide a couple knobs and call it a day. But yeah, Rick Rubin like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that man has earned it. I'm not. Oh, absolutely. Anything. No, he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever right. he wants. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Last question and then we'll get you out of here. What is the next piece of equipment on your wish list? Oh, man. You know, I'm playing a $200 guitar right now, and I've been playing a $200 guitar for, like, five years. So I should probably... So you're thinking an upgrade. I should probably get a real one, right? I literally play Squire. Everyone everyone thinks it's, like, some old vintage Mustang, but it's actually a Squire. So keep that on the down low. Hey, but, nobody's got to know. But I play, like, a $1,500 amp, so I felt like that would... Hmm. You know, kind of offset. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm thinking I might need to get a real Mustang. So that that's that's probably top of my list. I don't like gear very much. I have my pedals. I haven't got a new pedal in years. I keep I got my board all set. I don't really like the change. So Dude, that's good. Yeah, maybe just play something a little nicer. I don't know. I, I my studio setup's all good. You know, I I don't know. People get people get really sucked into gear. I have some friends that just constantly buying pedals and swapping them and swapping them in and out in and out. And it looks seems exhausting, and you know even the producer I work with, he's got like gear pouring out his ears, and it's almost overwhelming. And I feel like sometimes I just you know go back to stuff I know, a Mustang, a couple of pedals, my Doctor Z, and I'm just I'm chilling. It's such a rabbit hole you can go down if you don't stop yourself. It's a fun rabbit hole for sure, but it's an expensive one because a lot of my buddies are into Absolutely. those uh, like all the analog synths, you know, which is like it's been tempting. Like I kind of want to get one, but I feel like then that's all I would do. I would just use that and become a one-trick pony and just be using my same old DX7 or Juno or whatever I end up getting. So part of me is a little scared to do that because part of the fun of writing is like, I don't know. I have, I got the sound banks like everyone else got. I got thousands of sounds, so I don't know. No no shame on the gearheads, but yeah. I should probably get a real guitar before <laughs> Where I talk too much shit. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're rocking the $200 Squire, you're rocking it. But uh, I understand wanting to to make that that little upgrade, you know? Yeah, I think, I, I think I've earned it. I don't have the money for it, but I, th- I think I should at yeah. least get like a, oh, yeah. a $500 guitar, right? Yeah, take that stimulus money, man. Go uh, go treat yourself. <sighs> like that's still around, dog. That's, that money's long <laughs> know, gone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is dry, very dry yeah, now. It dried right up, but yeah, yeah. Wait, so let me ask you a couple questions. Am I allowed? Are you got to run out the door right now? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Ask me. So, how'd you get into this? Into the podcast? I started it uh, August 4th. So, only like two months ago. But um, it kind of came to me when I realized like I can talk about music with pretty much anybody. And, um, being able to talk about it with the people who make it mm-hmm. is awesome. And I've had a few experiences in my life where I've just done that in person. And I always thought it was great. And then I kind of realized like, oh, like, you know, what am I doing nowadays is I have so much time on my hands and I enjoy podcasts. So I was like, oh, it'd be kind of interesting if someone had a podcast where they got to actually talk to the artist for a long period of time and ask them questions that are more than just like, so how did you get into music? Like, what was it like growing up listening to the music you did? Mm -hmm. And like, just very basic questions. You know, I, I just wanted to ask the artist the questions that I wanted to ask. Yeah. 
And uh, that's kind of really how it started. So I just started reaching out to people and somehow people think uh, I'm professional <laughs> enough to uh, to warrant, you know, a conversation. So, so you doing mostly like the cold call thing, like kind of how you hit me up? Pretty yeah. much. Um, at this point, there's been uh, a good amount of them I've reached out to, whether it's Instagram or mm-hmm. Uh, email and then some people have reached out to me which is a pretty cool feeling and then i really started with a lot of friends yeah you know no that's that's a cool idea i mean um yeah it's a good season to try and start something like that too because a lot of people are kind of sitting around right now and you know you're trying to get these bands and half the time they're on the road and stuff it's almost impossible so exactly it's great it's crazy how much it worked out yeah because uh i mean even the fact that it's on Zoom. So, I mean, I've faced, I do this with people in, you know, the UK or yeah, Canada yeah. or, you know, like with you, you're not in LA oh, right yeah. now. I'm South so, Florida, baby. It's amazing. It's amazing. I can do this with pretty much anyone in yeah, the world. Yeah, dope, dude. Well, I think it's tight, man. But yeah, I, I like those. Uh, I like the more conversational types. I don't like when I get the, like, I have one in my email right now. I've been like putting off for like, two weeks now but it's like a questionnaire i have to fill out and send back with like a bunch of pictures you know it's just because mm-hmm. you write something out and you proofread it and you're like oh <laughs> you do it 10 times over i don't know yeah. it's just it's uh, the conversational aspect is a lot nicer yeah yeah i like it because it feels more personal and you know your fans and fans of the artist will be able to check it out and like get to know the artist a little yeah. bit deeper because it's actually a long form conversation and it's more about i try to make it about things that the artist will love as opposed to you know things they don't want to talk Mm -hmm. about yeah no it's very interesting i enjoyed it though man it was good awesome well sweet king shelter hey thank you for coming on and talking with me and getting down to the nitty-gritty about your music and your process and all of that and uh i'd love to do it again soon man let me know whenever i'm just i'm bunkered up here in south florida right now so we're just chilling Sweet. Well, Taylor, thank you again for coming on. Everybody needs to go check out King Shelter, your uh, album Calamity, and your entire discography before that. Tight. All right, homie. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Parker. Yeah, pleasure to meet you too, man. Peace, Peace out. Too. I'll talk to you later. Now everything hurts a little.